Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Adjusting to Life podcast, where inspiration comes to life. I'm your host, Dr. Lorona Gore, and today I'm having a conversation with Mrs. Patience Roll Charles, a breast cancer survivor from Atlanta, Georgia. Ms. Charles, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Gore. I'm pleased to be here. You are welcome. So how are you doing? I am doing well. I'm really doing well. I am so grateful to share my story. Uh, I thought about it all day. I kept saying, what am I going to say? And then I was comforted early by earlier by you when you said, hey, just be yourself. So I'm ready to be myself and tell a little bit about my story. Awesome. Before we get into talking about the, the cancer um, journey, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I am, I'm a mom. Uh, my husband and I have been together for 40 years. We have three beautiful, uh, children or adult children now, I should mm-hmm. say. Okay. Um, and of course, this is a season in my life where I'm now into our, we're into our retirement years. And so we're just beginning to really see how we can enjoy ourselves and do things that we've never done before and do things that we've always talked about for years. So it's a good place. I'm, I'm happy. Very good. Very good. So tell us about your, um, the cancer you, so you were diagnosed with, um, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. When did, when did this take place? Actually, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. It was uh, the end of August is when the journey began. August. Did you experience any type of unusual symptoms prior to your diagnosis? Yeah, it was uh, an unusual feeling in my body. Uh, my body just kept telling me that something was different going on. Something was about to happen. Something was moving in a different direction uh, that had never happened before. And I was listening to it. Um, I would exercise. I, I, I enjoy walking. Um, and I would walk uh, just basically a mile a day. And in an effort to take care of myself, but I still, even still through that and trying to eat right, I kept feeling tired, exhausted, and I would need to just lay down. I I was listless. So I knew then that something was not right, but after checking with my doctor that my blood pressure was good, uh, because I do have high blood pressure, or high blood pressure is trying to take me over, but I won't let it. But anyway, so yeah, that's what I knew that the doctor explained that my pressure was good. And, uh, you know, I just went on and believed that maybe I was just working too hard. At what point did you realize that there may be something a little bit more serious going on? I, uh, I woke up one morning and this was early August. I woke up. And I was stretching and just, you know, rubbing across my chest and and yawning. And I felt my right breast. And when I felt my right breast, I felt lumps in my breast that I had never felt before. And the unusual thing is that I thought I was always examining myself or feeling for these things in the shower or whenever. But... Mm -hmm. 
After feeling those lumps, I said, this is highly unusual here, and I need to immediately, and this, this was actually on a Sunday that I felt those lumps, okay. and it was okay. very early Monday. I immediately called my doctor to schedule an appointment. Uh, that appointment was to have a very invasive procedure uh, whereby, of course, the first thing they did was a mammogram. After the mammogram, then there was this invasive procedure to actually get a do a biopsy, and oh, it was it was just one of the hardest things that I ever had to do with my eyes open in a doctor's office, and and I will say this, I will say going forward, there are some moments that I will be very very emotional here. I understand. Because as I look back and wonder how did how I did it, it was only the strength of the Lord that helped me. But that biopsy information was where the doctor finally was able to tell what type of cancer it was and if in fact it was. And so finally I got the news, uh, I think it must have been about a week and a half, maybe two weeks later, I finally got the news. Mm -hmm. And uh, when when I got the news, it's something how I, I already knew. I knew that that was the thing that I kept saying to myself previously, that there's something different happening in my body. Something is going to happen to me. What is it? And that was it. That was the moment when it all, it seemed as if my world collapsed. Mm -hmm. I fell, I, I sat down, and I knew that he was going to tell me something I could hardly bear to hear. And in fact, he did. And I was so glad that my daughter was with me that day mm -hmm. uh, because I cried like a, a little baby. I cried tears. The sounds that came out of my mouth, I had never even experienced before. That's how that's how devastating the news was. Right. Yeah, it is overwhelming. Yeah, it is. It was. It really was. And it was the truth. And I had to deal with that truth. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and I, I thank you for your candidness because this is what I want people to hear and to know because uh, this is what people don't share is what it feels like when you're diagnosed because um, mm. this is the feelings are real um, when life is going on as usual and all of a sudden you get this diagnosis that no one wants to hear because your first thought is well it's mm -hmm. cancer I'm going to die well and, and, and that's where you have to um, find that strength within yourself to take the next step and and move forward. So, mm -hmm. what was what was your process? So, I know it was devastating in the obviously in the beginning getting that news, but how mm -hmm. did you move forward? Well, uh, I, I I remember the first thing I know I needed to do was to pray. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that my life now 
will never be like it was uh, before. And I needed strength because I had to tell my family I needed to, uh, I needed to understand that, yes, although I can, this could be the end for me, how am I going, you know, what, what, what's next? What, how do I tell my family this? And so, uh, it was at that moment that I waited for my family to come, my husband to come home from work, uh, it was at that time that I knew I couldn't tell my daughter over the phone. I didn't tell anyone over the phone. Mm-hmm. I waited until we were all face to face. And and it was something, I didn't do it in a group setting. I told them one by one. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. it was right then and there, Dr. Gore, that my family members became co-cancer carriers. The devastation that they felt, and it was so un, so ironic. I was the one who was devastated and, and stricken by this. But when they heard the news, they fell to the ground in, you know, anguish. And here it is, I'm standing holding them together. And some, you know, we cried together, we prayed together. So that, that was the first initial thing I had to tell my immediate family. And I didn't tell anyone else, just my immediate family. I didn't want anyone else to know because I had recently had a cousin uh, who had died that same year or, the, or right, who had just died earlier that year in mm-hmm. 2021 with cancer. And she did not survive. Right. And I, it was so weird that I could not express that news to other extended members of the family because they were still mourning her. Right. Right. So I didn't share the information right away, only with my immediate family and not with my grandchildren, but with my children and my husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those were my first steps, getting through them, helping them, helping us we all needed to absorb this information and walk through it. Now what do we do? Right. That's that's right. where it was for me. And, yeah, I had to wait for the doctors to uh, diagnose or give me the next step mm-hmm. of information uh-huh. because that was the questions coming from my family. Okay, ma- mama, what's, what's next? What happens now? And my daughters then started coming on into the process, coming on into the scheduling of what was getting ready to go on for me because it was moving really fast. And that's how we made it through. We took one day, one schedule, one appointment at a time. You're absolutely right about that. So how important is it to have a support group? I want to say, you know, I want to say that this experience that I'm having on your show tonight, it is a support. It is what a support group looks like. I will tell you, I didn't have a support group other than my immediate family who had never experienced cancer. 
in the family like this. Mm-hmm. There, there was no, I called the American Cancer Society, I called this cancer group. And when I was able to finally maybe get on the website and connect, it was a lot of questions um, that did not relate to the emotional depth of pain that I was feeling. I wanted to talk to someone. I needed someone to say something to me like, you know, um, I just needed to hear the words of another someone who else who another woman who had may maybe experienced triple negative breast cancer and my, the hospital that I'm affiliated with because of the covid era of time there was nothing really in terms of a community is starting to happen now as I give my testimony of uh of healing well i want to thank you for saying that and i also thank god that you have a strong support group and they were there for you in the beginning which is so important and i know a lot of people don't even have that and again one of the reasons i started this podcast is for that reason so we can have a platform where people can hear other people tell their stories and be Mm -hmm. encouraged and know that what they're feeling is it's normal. It's, it's not just them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a process, but you'll get through. Um, so your family was there. You, mm-hmm. um, you were set up on a treatment plan. You went through the treatment. Um, how long was that? The treatment uh, for me was 26 weeks of chemo. 26 weeks of chemo and... Um, then I uh, I was scheduled, I decided to not have radiation, but I, dis, uh, I decided to have a mastectomy on my right breast. Okay. Yeah. Now, talk about, um, if you don't mind, if you feel comfortable, um, what is that like? Because I know that it sounds very personal to women having to have that done. And such, you don't have time to, you don't have two weeks or three weeks to think about it. You know, it's like, no, we have to do this now. How, what was that like? Well, for, for one thing, what I, what I can, what I continuously uh, did throughout my therapy, uh, chemotherapy, I worked. Mm -hmm. I worked three days a week and no one at my job knew. Mm-hmm. I was uh, dealing with this and I started losing my hair. Uh, I was told that I would need to expect to do that, uh, that my hair would start falling out and losing weight. And, you know, uh, my skin was changing and my nails were getting darker and finally turned black and my toenails. And so um, I, in going through all of that therapy, I... um. It it took it you know Dr. Gore it really just took a whole lot of strength for me to sit in that chair every week but at the very same time the people that cared for me the nurses and mm-hmm. they were so encouraging uh 
one one of the nurses, she kept telling me, you're going to make it. You're going to be all right. Don't you give up. And, you know, I I believed it. I kind of started believing it after maybe yes. about a, the the fifth, you know, chemo round. I said, things are going to be, I'm going to make this thing. I went to, I, I kept listening to good gospel music. I kept reading scriptures and reading positive affirmations. And you know what I did? I dressed myself like I was somebody that was going to be going to walk walk through this thing with honor and and grace and I'm going to look good. I put on my lashes. I put on my makeup. I put on my lipstick. I put on my mask and my matching shoes and my cute jeans. Mm -hmm. And I walked in there and I sat in that chair and I, I, I just said, this is where I am, Father God. This is where I am, family, world. This is where you are. Patience, live your name right now. Think about the things that I, that God, I have for you. Think about the things that you want to accomplish in life. Don't you dare sit here and give up. What you're going to do is encourage others. Absolutely. What you do is continue on with your life. Yes, this is hard. Yes, you're going to and you're going to lay out for three for three whole days before you could even hardly lift your head. But I got you. Your family is going to be there for you. I'm going to be here for you. And that's how I made it through. I made it through by giving myself positive affirmations, by living and, and believing that this, this medicine is, is beating me up, but I'm going to make it. And that's I made it through that way. And finally, when it was time to have the, the mastectomy, that, that was another, it was like another door of just unknown emotion. You know, the doctors can explain to you what to expect all they want. But when you have to open that door for yourself and walk through and, and not have a negative mindset in believing that, oh God, I'm not going to make it, you better Stop and think I can. First thing you got to keep telling yourself is I'm going to make it. You I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this. What was your favorite mantra, favorite song, favorite scripture that got you through? One of my favorite songs, uh, Hezekiah Walker, Grateful. And Donald Lawrence, I am healed. <laughs> I am healed. I may have some scars, circumstances, disappointments. But I am healed. Now, would you and then that? his grace, Dr. Dr. Gore, his grace, his grace was so bountiful yeah. and meaningful. And I stood, I stood on those things. And that's what, those are two of the things that I can immediately say, yeah, got me through. Now, would you say going through that experience has changed you? 
Yes, ma'am. It has changed me. It has. I'm I'm not I'm not the patience I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not taking anything for granted. Yes. And it's okay if I'm no longer the person with the person that I used to be before. It's okay if I see now that I have to change the way in which I walk and talk and who I associate with and even how I please. Yes. It's it's different. I have a different understanding of God's power. Right. In the name of Jesus, I have a different understanding of his power, his grace, his mercy, and how it's operating in me. And I have a story to tell. So yeah, I have changed and I look forward to the great things that God has for me now. Yes, you do have a story to tell. So tell me about your children. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and I'm sure they see uh, the change in you as well. Yeah, it it uh it changed them. Mm-hmm. It changed them. They uh I think they just thought that I was invincible. Mm-hmm. Because of the way I have always cared for my children and the way I was able to take care of them from when they could ever remember and take them places and nurture them and and teach them and grow them. And finally, I think they discovered that, you know, mom, right now, mom is uh, the person that, we we can't just depend on her strength to help us through all the time now. Mm-hmm. We now have to support her in a different kind of way. And we we got to grow up mm-hmm. and realize that it's about her now. It's about this journey that she's on. And if we don't stand by her, you know... It, it, it it can devastate her. We have to stand with her in a different kind of way like never before. So they they started they started their uh their faith walk in a different kind of way. Not just the uh superficial, oh I go to church and raise my hand, praise the Lord, I live at home, watch the game or whatever. They knew now, they knew then that they had to trust God in a certain kind of way. And the only way that they, that they would be able to support me is to keep praying and to keep keep their faith up, so to speak. And through that, I can see where they grew up mm-hmm. a lot. Beautiful. Yeah. They grew up. And even my 22-year-old daughter who I was blessed to, my husband and I, I remember a pastor once called us, uh, called my husband and I, Abraham and Sarah, because (laughs) 
our other children were like really nearly grown and here she comes, you know, and we, we, we have gray hair and stuff and I'm pregnant. But, uh, <laughs> but even in her case, um, she was, all of them were just great, great supporters. And, uh, I'm, I'm just so, I'm grateful to say that even now, we have better conversations. We have, we get along much better than we did before. We're closer. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandchildren, they understood that granny now has cancer and what, what should we be doing? And they have been very supportive. And, uh, I, I love it. I'm, I'm glad to report that about my family. As you went through your cancer treatment, um, what message um, did you want to portray to to others? wasn't I didn't want I didn't want a sympathy walk. I didn't want everyone right. to feel sorry for me. I wanted people to see the Christ in me, mm-hmm. even in my crisis. Yes, yes. I wanted them to see Christ in me, even in my crises. Because I had nothing to prove. I I didn't owe anyone any explanation. This was given, this is what I was in, walking in. And when I explained to some people or or mentioned to some people that were colleagues that all along, and I didn't tell them until, I didn't say anything about me having cancer until the end of my chemotherapy. And they said, you've got to be kidding I never knew. And the comment was, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for showing me how to to handle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this in a situation with cancer. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could have, I don't know if I could have done it this way. And my comment back was you can do all things through Christ who strengthen you and you really can so I didn't I didn't want any sympathy or anything I just I just wanted to to live through it right and that's what I did indeed you did live through it and um just seeing the just listen to your testimony um you can tell that you know not only did your your body change, God healed your body, uh, but also the the spiritual, uh, the mental and emotional transformation that took place. I think that's that's the plus, um, that's the encouraging part. That's the part that I really just thank God for, and hopefully that resonates with other people who will be listening to this to know that there are some good things that take place um, when you go through. Uh, when God, you're chosen, I like to say, you're chosen to go through something like this because um, God gets the glory. He He wants his glory and you're definitely giving him that. Miss Charles, I have another question for you. I always ask um, the guests this one question. What advice would you give to um, individuals who are, who maybe may have been recently diagnosed with cancer or they're going through cancer treatment or it could be some other life altering health condition mm-hmm. find your peace 
find your peace, find peace, find a way to continue to love yourself and find affirmations that are positive and don't give up because you never, you don't know what the end is going to be and whatever the end should be, have peace within yourself is what I would say. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. What does the phrase live in the moment mean to you? I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get it again. I don't know if the mastectomy is going to. I mean, even now, I still have I still have discomfort. I have some discomfort with certain aspects of the mastectomy. And um, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid. I am, I am hopeful. I have faith, and I, I still live my life to enjoy my life. And I'm not going to let some discomfort make me feel afraid that. Okay, the cancer is coming back. Oh no, this is not working out like I thought mm-hmm. it would. No, 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 Mm-mm. no. I cannot work live on that platform. Right. 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 I have to understand. I understand that this is part of the journey. Now, how do I, how do I handle the journey? How do I connect with my healthcare professionals about my journey and? Whatever concerns I have, I share that information with them and I listen to their instructions. You know, I use tools. I use resources to help me now move forward, but I don't let it incapacitate me and make me paranoid. None of that. I'm never, I'm not going back that to that mm-hmm. feeling of emptiness and, you know, fear. No, no, no fear. So that's that's where I am. But I'm I'm really very optimistic about the great things that's about to happen in my life. Awesome. So what's next for you? <laughs> what's, next? what's next? I what's next? yeah, you know I what's next? Um, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to travel uh, more. I am uh, looking forward to uh, starting a um, a business venture, uh, something that will be uh, very helpful to people, to uh, children, families, pets. Uh, I started a little service, a little sole proprietor service, and it's called Safe Living. Uh, property services and I do I'm involving myself with a little real estate investing right now okay. 
Um, and then, of course, I have the, the other side of the safe living uh, services that is going to be uh, something that helps families, children, you know, uh, people who travel. Uh, there's a travel um, arm connected to it that protects people uh, in, a, in, in a very safe way. So I can't go into too many details right now, but okay. I am working okay. on it. And uh, hopefully when I come back on your show or a show like this, I'll be able to tell all I need to tell about uh, safe living and how it is helping others. Well, I pray that you have much success with your new business venture. And this brings our episode to a close. Um, any last words? I just want to say once again, Dr. Gore, you have been just one entire inspiration for me. I am so I am so grateful that I was able to attend one of your seminars and listen to your testimony. And as speaking, I I could just say, oh my gosh, she is experiencing some of the same emotional plateaus and and so forth that I have also experienced. And thank you for what you're doing. Uh, this platform, this communicate is an opportunity for so many people to share their story and I hope that uh, I was able to uh, inspire someone. Well, you are definitely an inspiration and I know your story is going to encourage many others. Also, I want to just thank you for attending my event uh, where I share my testimony. You know, um, you know, again, we, we were on the same journey and I just thank God for the opportunity to um, share this platform uh, with others so that they can share their story and so that God can get his glory. Well, I have to bring this interview to a close. Mrs. Patience Roll Charles, thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Doc. God bless. This concludes today's show. I hope that it has left you encouraged and inspired. Please be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for the upcoming episode for another inspiration interview. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a life-altering health condition and is in need of mental, emotional, and spiritual support, please visit ljgm.org to find out more about the Lerona Johnsonville Ministry Support Group, Miracles in Motion. The support you need is just a click or call away. We have an amazing team waiting to support you. Until the next time, be encouraged and never stop believing and just know that you are not alone.